I'm reading an excellent book right now called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. Naval Ravikant is a Silicon Valley investor and entrepreneur um, who has made a name for himself in the last five, seven years as just being a really thoughtful person um, in thinking about how to live a happy life and not be sidetracked by chasing wealth. But he has interesting ideas about wealth as well. So this book is basically sort of... It's like a pulling together stuff that he's said on podcasts and written in blogs and tweeted over the years. And a lot of food for thought in this um, was gathered by a young guy named Eric Jorgensen. Any rate, highly recommend it. Very inexpensive to buy. And... Um, and really jibes with my values. One of the things that it's gotten me thinking about, which I've thought about over the years already, but it's got me thinking about again, has been how the tension between part of what makes you have opportunities in life is to be really, really good at something. Like, good at something to the level where that is your reputation. People understand you to be really good at something. But the the specificity of that skill often means that it's not something that is in itself is scalable. So, so you can be really good at something that does not in and of itself allow you to separate your effort from the money coming in. Spoon carving for me is a perfect example of this. I can be really, really good at spoon carving and I can create a reputation for that using a whole other set of skills of communications and photography and social media and perseverance and all that patience and all that stuff. But that does not in and of itself mean that I'm still caught in the trap of effort in equals money Effort out equals money in. Or effort in equals money. You get my point that the amount of money I make using the skill that I'm so good at is still tied to, to my individual effort per hour. And this is a trap that many people get caught in because there is something deeply grounding about having a skill that is tied to a physical object, making a physical object, whether it's building a house or playing a song and like playing an instrument. And there is, and there's a trap there, which is that you don't figure out how to unlock 
mechanisms that allow the money you can make to be disconnected from you physically doing the thing. Now, of course, the internet has made it easier than ever to do that. And, and we understand sort of the, the ways that that has traditionally been done in the past. You're publishing through, uh, say, being a musician. You, you play the music once, you sell a million records. But there's still, just because the internet has made it easier to be that, it, it's, it's disrupted much of, much of it in that it, there is, it's harder to be a musician in the traditional way and to make a living at it because it's so easy to be it, right? So the very fact that it's so easy to put your stuff out there into the world means that it is harder actually to create the mechanisms or, or take advantage of mechanisms that allow you to scale in that way. Scale in ways that are disconnected from your effort. And so the, the trick, as far as I've been able to figure out for myself, has been to lean into things that I feel less good at, or combine things that I'm good at with things that I'm less good at, and in this case, largely uh, the magazine or creating books, that you make once and can sell as many copies as they sell. And there's a bunch of different ways of doing this, and I don't expect any one of them to be the thing that really, you know, takes off. It's more that it's a, it is, as a mechanism, it's a way of taking the, the, the skill that I've developed in spoon carving, or the reputation I've built, or the relationships that I've been able to create, or the skills I have in writing and editing, say, uh, and leverage them into a situation where the money that I can earn is separated from the effort that is put in, more or less. Of course, it's not perfectly so with something like a magazine where there's, you know, it's, I have to handle a certain amount of logistics for each customer. So that does grow as the number of customers grows, but, uh, but it's a relatively small fraction of the effort required. Mostly it's just simply duplicating the copies of, of the thing that, that has been created. It was really hard for me to see this when... It was really hard for me to see this when I first started carving spoons. Because when you're in that framework of, I work, I get paid by the hour to do a job, or... I make things and sell them like a farmer, right? Farmer makes things and sells things. And to some extent you can become really efficient at making things and selling things. But there is always some sort of upper limit of how much you can create and sell um, in, those, in those dynamics. And, it, and it, those, those grooves get really really deeply rutted. I mean, even the Christmas tree farm with the, with the way that I could see that it, it sort of people who came to cut a tree for themselves, you know, if, if I had, come on, hop in, let's go. Come on. If I had a hundred people come or if I had 300 people come, it didn't matter to me. I was doing the same thing. 
even under those circumstances, uh, it was hard for me to see how to take that, that truth and hard for me to see how to take that truth and create some other thing in the world that I would feel good about because I mean the classic way of doing this is to create some digital product right an ebook or a or a course and it just felt like I mean after having bought some ebooks and learned about this it felt so ephemeral to me it felt like you were creating something that was that was not actually creating a body of work in the world and that bothered me and I wanted to be able to create something real that was a body of work in the world and, and you know so that's why I've sort of landed on publishing books like real books and why I'm so excited about um, this drop shipping print-on-demand model that I'm trialing with the Spoon, uh, Spoonosaurus magazine compendium book of back issues is that it's a way of allowing me to sell books with a much stronger profit margin than if I was simply to get royalties from a publisher and obviously there's a higher bar to jump through in terms of in terms of needing to create the book yourself without all the resources and backup support that a publisher would give you. But, um, but it feels, it feels doable. At any rate, this phenomenon of separating my effort from the money that can potentially come in is something that I have to constantly remind myself because those grooves, the training you get as a young person of selling your time, or create, well, selling your time or as a as a, a wage, or or selling a a physical object that you made with a given period of time that's not easily replicable, is is a deeply deeply ingrained way of being in the world. And even once you let go of whatever moral sense you have around that being a better way morally to be in the world, which I have, it's still there as my backup program that's that's operating in my head. So when I think to myself, you know, I should do this or that, I, I almost always recognize that, that by default and subconsciously I've created a system that is linking my time to to the money that could come out of it and and this is why I'm so excited to read you know the ideas of Naval because it pushes me out of that comfort zone again and again and again to say okay well what you know what could I do that would have this disconnect let's concentrate on those things because it might feel less intuitive to me to figure them out but once figured out they are 
they can accumulate in a way that otherwise they wouldn't. Thanks for listening. Talk tomorrow.